Welcome to Clear Thinking Out Loud, written and narrated by Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge. Hi, I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge and welcome to three instantly calming CBT techniques for anxiety. Now, Marcus Aurelius said, Very little is needed to make a happy life. It is all within yourself, in your way of thinking. Now, I'm a huge admirer of Aurelius and loved his reflections, which I read many years ago. But in the interest of thinking for myself, I open with the, uh, this quote from the famous Stoic philosopher and Roman emperor, because in my humble opinion, it's just plain wrong, or at the very least, vastly incomplete. So let me explain. People thrive in environments that help them meet their innate emotional and physical needs. So as human beings, we have these innate needs and we have an instinctual desire to fulfill them. And when we don't fulfill them, we unavoidably suffer. And I think it's reassuring to let clients know sometimes that their happiness isn't just about what they do inside their own minds. Okay, it's also to do with the extent to which their environment helps them meet their needs. Um, it's also about taking action to identify and meet their needs. So people who meet their needs in a balanced way are less likely to suffer anxiety. Just as thirst is a signal that you're not meeting your need for hydration, anxiety is a signal that you're not meeting your needs in some way. Now, this isn't to say that what we do in our minds has no relevance to our happiness or lack thereof. Of course it does. But the way we feel is not just a response to the way things really are out there in the world. It's also about how we make sense of what's happening to us. Okay. Now, in case you thought I was um, done ranting, I have one other issue with cognitive behavioral therapy that I need to air before I give you three easy-to-apply CBD techniques for treating anxiety that I've found over the years incredibly useful when working with anxious clients. So let's look at this shaky theory first of changing thoughts to change feelings. Now, strong emotion arises not after thoughts, not because of thoughts, but before them. And if you see reference one, you'll, you'll uh, know what I mean. So it's often easier and more powerful to change feelings than it is to ch change the thoughts. Okay. Again, this basic neuroscience contradicts classical CBT. Emotions are a fundamental human characteristic, essential for immediate physical survival. They're more powerful than thoughts, occurring much more quickly than cognition, and sometimes with no associated thoughts at all. Clinical hypnosis is the best way to change feelings directly. See reference to. And a change in our thoughts is a natural consequence of a change in our emotional responses. So, for post-traumatic stress disorder and phobias, for example, it's not faulty thinking that's the problem, and the uh, chances of making significant progress through CBT alone are very remote, okay? But I'm not completely condemning CBT here. I do believe it can be really useful for less severe anxiety conditions but only when used with skilled approaches that work directly to calm feelings right down. So here are three simple techniques that focus on the thinking and behaving part of a person to help them take back control when they've been feeling anxious. So CBT technique one is focus on how the feelings 
will change. It's very simple. So I'll often remind clients that feelings are fluid and inevitably change. So even if after all the relaxed mental rehearsal work that we've done with the clients, they find themselves starting to feel a little anxious in a situation, I want them to be thinking about what their feelings will be once they've started to feel better again, specifically focusing on that expected change. So it might help to write down those expected changes in a few words. So for example, if they're um, nervous about a presentation, they might write down something like, um, I'm feeling somewhat nervous, which is natural. When those feelings change, I expect to feel calm and clear-headed again. So they've given themselves a blueprint, a template for what to expect. So on top of this, I'll ask them to imagine what the very first little sign might be that those alterations in feeling are starting to happen, because they will inevitably happen. Okay, so they might tell me that they, um, they'll find themselves speaking more spontaneously to their audience, or it might be um, helpful to write those words down too. Okay, so feelings always shift, and even just remembering that is really useful. Having your client write or think about how they expect their feelings to improve and the very first little indications that anxiety is morphing into calm, take that concept to the next level. So all good psychological interventions help change expectations, and this technique is no exception. Okay, now the next um, technique can be applied in lots of different ways and is more uh, behavioral than cognitive. So the second CBT technique is chew it over and act normal. Okay, so anxiety is a survival response, as you know, it's not an illness, but it's a response that can go wrong sometimes to the point that it hinders rather than helps, like a guard dog that feels like it's helping even as it bites the leg of the friendly postman or mailman or the little old lady next door. So your anxiety response kicks in because it senses a threat even though that perceived threat may not actually be a real threat at all. So one way to train anxiety to be selective and um, behave itself is to give it feedback to let it know that thanks, but you're not needed right now, okay? Because anxiety takes its lead from what clients do, okay? As well as simple emotional pattern matching. So if the client acts in ways they wouldn't act in a real emergency, the anxiety will fade away. For example, during an emergency, we wouldn't um, talk softly and calmly. We wouldn't smile, we wouldn't salivate. We wouldn't breathe deeply and we wouldn't have open body posture. Okay, now if we adopt, purpose, purposefully adopt some of these behaviors or even just one of these behaviors, when we begin to feel stressed, then we're altering the feedback loop. We're, we're, we're sending the feedback back to our uh, sympathetic nervous system, the fear response that it's not needed, that all is fine, good and well. We send it a message, see if there was a real threat, I wouldn't be salivating. I wouldn't be talking normally. I wouldn't be breathing out for longer than I breathe in. So something even the most anxious client can easily do is chew gum or even just imagine they are. And this is something you'd never be doing during a genuine threat because chewing gum, of course, produces saliva in anticipation of eating. So it can very quickly switch off the cascade of anxiety. We don't tend to have the luxury of eating in life-threatening circumstances. Okay. 
so we can encourage our clients to act normal during stressful times to quickly change the feedback loop and switch off anxiety fast. Okay, it's a very powerful but simple approach. And just knowing they can do this can give clients a huge boost in confidence and a sense of control back because anxiety tends to take away people's sense of uh, control. Anxiety is all about expectation, which tends to be uh, catastrophic. So let's bring some thought to it next. So the final CBT technique is catch the underlying assumption and chase down the logical conclusions. Okay, so if someone feels anxious about something, it's because they have a fear of some consequence. But what is that consequence? So for example, if I fear um, attending a party, I might ask myself, what consequence do I fear? And I might decide, you know, I fear meeting new people. Okay, but what's the consequence of that? I could ask myself, I might say, well, they might not like me. But what's the consequence of that? And I'll, well, that I'll feel upset. And what's the consequence of that? Well, I'll feel that I'm unlikable and so on. And we can go on and on with this. Uh, but how will I deal with that? Okay, I'll remember people who do like me. Okay, I'll, I'll um, soon forget about the party. It'll be in the past. I'll remember that I can be wrong when assuming people don't like me. Okay, so we're finding contradictions to the ultimate conclusion of the fear. Okay, and I've done that with people who are insecure in relationships by having them describe what it is precisely they fear and begin to see that the relationship breakdown wouldn't be, in fact, some kind of catastrophic end, but a, but a step along the uh, path to something else that wouldn't necessarily even be bad. So when someone comes to feel that even if the relationship did end, they would and could survive or even thrive, then the fuel of the insecurity dries up. Okay. So the takeaways here are, one, strong feelings shape thoughts, not the other way around, although uh, Marcus Aurelius did have some great insights we can directly help lift and calm feelings so thoughts fall into line with karma emotionality. Two, working to reframe thoughts can be really useful. And three, we can help people remember that feelings always change and focus on how they expect any current unpleasant feelings to change. And this alone can begin to bring about the very expectation they have imagined. Four, we can teach clients to alter their behavioral feedback so as to send the message to their sympathetic nervous system, nothing to report here, no emergency, stand down. And just knowing this is uh, possible for clients can help them feel more secure and confident. And five, finally, we can um, enable clients to uh, catch underlying assumptions and follow the logical conclusions to think about how they would actually survive, even thrive, if the worst, or the so-called worst, did happen. Marcus Aurelius also said, we ought to do good to others as simply as a horse runs or a bee makes honey or a vine bears grapes. Season after season, without thinking of the grapes, it has borne. And we can't say fairer than that. I'm Mark Terrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and I hope I'll see you soon over at unk.com slash blog.